we're back for another episode of MPO Sports Podcast. This is episode 10. It is the 19th of November and the time is currently 8.10pm. I'm Tim and I will be joined by four other chaps, which I'll introduce in a minute. I just wanted to have my usual torment. And this episode goes to one Nathan Buckley. Now, my understanding of being an AFL coach is you're not just a fucking coach. Sorry, I swore, but I'm sorry, you really frustrated me with the way he's done over Adam Trelaw. Um, he's also meant to be a people manager. And as far as I'm concerned, if he was in the real world, he'd be incompetent in his role and he'd be unemployed. And as far as the Collingwood Football Club goes as an employer, I think I'd rather be winding up for the doll. They are an absolute basket case. Anyway, that was my rant for this week. Now I'll introduce the other fellas. Uh, we've got Aaron, who's obviously one of our regular guys. How are you, Aaron? I'm good, Tim. How are you going? Not too bad. Not as emotional as what I have been on some of the rants. Uh, <laughs> Jeremy, how are you doing? Uh, good, Tim. Good. We've got a full house tonight. We do. And we do have two guests. But I will go to our guest that's online first, uh, which is Josh uh, Watson, who's also our editor. How are you going, Josh? Yeah, not too bad. It's good to join the lads finally. You know, first time joining everyone, so hopefully this is going to be a good good pod today. Exactly, and you have joined yeah. us once before for the listeners for our special on the uh, world game. And our, our um, other guest is Ballarat's most eligible bachelor, <laughs> um, the wonder of the Tinder world, <laughs> Phil, and how are you, Phil? Philip <laughs> J. Kimber. Uh, <laughs> going good, mate. Have it yourself. <laughs> Terrific. You Terrific. Good, mate? Yeah. Really good. Thank yeah. you for that. <laughs> yes. Anyway, we'll move on to the first segment, which is the AFL, and we're actually going to examine and look at the winner of the trade period and the loser of the trade period. So seeing we've got a couple of guests, we might throw to Phil first for his opinion. Oh. I think by the length of Flemington straight, uh, the doggies won the trade period um, to still be able to keep Josh Dunkley and getting Adam Trelaw, getting Steph Martin is a really handy ruckman. Yeah, that midfield is going to be... Uh, As uh, Bruce Mayfield said about Cyril Rioli, that midfield is delicious. Um, like when you've got the names of Bonton, Pelly, Libertore, Wallace, Dunkley, Trelaw, McRae, Johannesson, Baylor Smith, Wallace and Hunter... <clears throat> they run pretty deep, and uh, to get Mitch Hannon from Melbourne as well is a serviceable uh, half forward flanker. I think they did really well. And uh, on the flip side, uh, uh, continuing on from your rant, there, mate, Collingwood were by far <laughs> the, the the big losers of the trade period. They're in all sorts. It was of a fire sale. It was a Collingwood yeah. fire sale. Oh, everything it, it, it must it was, go. It was a. It was a wildfire sale, mate. They just absolutely cleaned house. And it was a click frenzy. It was a click frenzy. It was it was it was Black Friday. It was Cyber Monday. All enrolled in one day. Franco Costa was coming out <laughs> for the pies. Grand sale. Everybody must go. Everything must go. Yeah. So so that would be my uh, winner and loser chance. Okay. We might go to our other guest for his winner and loser. Josh, what do you got? I think it'll be unanimous. Uh, the winners are the dogs. So I reckon they had the best trade period. Just, um, you know, Mitch Hannon, great pickup. Martin, great pickup. Trelaw, yeah, don't get me started, being a Collingwood supporter. And they kept Josh Dunkley somehow. And also collecting, <coughs> I reckon, enough picks to get the player they want in the draft, uh, Jamara Ugly Hagen. Yep. Yeah, so to get enough points to get him in as well. And then obviously the losers are. 
you know, your <laughs> Collingwood, obviously, just getting rid of three best 22 players and not bringing anyone in and just saying, oh, we did it to improve our list. We're going to look into the draft. And then you got Ned Guy, Mark Anderson and Buckley contradicting <laughs> one another, saying, oh, it wasn't the salary cap. Buckley's like, yep, definitely the salary cap. And yeah, just don't get me started. <laughs> Move on to the next person, please. Alrighty, <laughs> so the, the dogs and the pies are probably the, the two obvious ones, but I'll offer up another loser, and a lot of people won't agree with you, but I reckon that's Geelong. Like they overpaid for Jeremy Cameron, um, and they gave up three first round picks, and they got they brought in a retirement home, and they've draft they've traded away their first round draft picks. Um, so I think. Next year, year after, they'll probably be okay, but in two, three years' time, they're going to be in a world of hurt. And as far as a winner goes, as much as I hate them, I think Essendon did really well. So they lost Joe Danaher, but they brought in another key forward with Peter Wright. They lost Fantasia. Pick seven, six, seven, and eight. They lost, yeah, they lost Aratio Fantasia, but they brought in Joy Caldwell as well. So there's another small forward who can go through the midfield. And you've also got... They lost Adam Sard, which they knew we were going to do anyway, but they've got a strong draft team with six, seven, and eight, so they'll be happy with what they did. And with mine, I'm just going to play devil's advocate for a second. Okay, so Collingwood might have got rid of Trelaw Stevenson. The way they did it was reprehensible. Um, but what I'm thinking is the likes of a, um, a Josh Jacobs and a Callum Brown and uh, the Brown brothers, basically, they're going to end up getting more game time and more game time in the middle because of this. Um, and that, that may not work, but it may actually pay great dividends for them. So I'm, I is, I'm playing devil's advocate here. And, and Geelong, their drafting of, of the first round of late hasn't been great. And if they pick three blokes, they may not have got a chance to play next year because the side's so old anyway. So um, they're obviously going for the flag, aren't they? Yep, and just before we go, Geelong are renaming their uh, venue as the Geelong Retirement Village. Anyway, <laughs> on to the next subject, which is the NRL State of Origin. And we've got two New South Wales supporters at the table with me. Uh, who do you follow, Phil? I don't follow uh, a bit anyone. Impartial. Okay. Yeah, a bit impartial. Yeah. All right, so I'll, before we hand over to Josh, I'll hand over to Woody to start it off because he's probably a bit ropeable. I am, but... I'm probably not going to carry on too much. Um, I just... New South Wales just blew a massive chance here. That Queensland side is the worst one we've seen in 10 years. And they got played off the park in two out of the three games. Um, did themselves no favours. Nathan Cleary is the furthest thing from a leader at halfback. Um, when someone needed to stand up and lead the way, um, he definitely did not do that. Um, and I know I'm not one. I don't say that um, officiating decisions cost games, but and I'm not going to say that. But how is that not a penalty try to Addo Carr? What, what, like what else was he going to do? He, that's right. He's he gets taken out. Fair enough, it's a fair way from the try line, but he's the fastest player on the planet, according to Gasgold. Um, Twelve got, times he said it. At least <clears throat> he's got. Clear field in front of him, no one around him. He's going to get that ball and he's going to put it down. That should have been a penalty shot. <coughs> but that being said, the way New South Wales played probably didn't cost them the game because they were heartless. Yeah, they probably didn't deserve. They got what they, got what they deserved in the end. I think so. Um, Queensland were far 
hungrier. They moved up faster in defence. It's uh, just that Queensland spirit, isn't it? Yeah, they had the they had the game. It's on, not just the game on their terms. Um, they they got themselves a lot of penalties in six against, but that was on the back of their own effort. Yeah, that's um, right. You do create your own luck. You do create your own and luck. They, you work terrible. hard enough, you'll get it. And they 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 work harder. Yeah. Across the whole series, and uh, I'm glad I'm glad Cameron Munster plays for Melbourne because so, he's going to be a star for <clears throat> some time to come. Oh, he's I don't know how old he is now. Yeah. He's been around for a bit. <laughs> and even they had uh, they even had Ryan Peppenhausen in, in reserve, which didn't decide to. Can use I it. pose a question to you, the two uh, New South Wales sort of state of origin experts at the table? Um, what is in the water that Bennett is drinking? Because uh, we've been asking he, that for a long time. How can he say that was not a dog's act last night? I think uh, as a coach, he's probably just defending his <coughs> player. But uh, I think, but he, I think in his own heart of hearts, he, <coughs> he would. If the shoe was on the other foot, do you think he'd like it? Stevie Wonder knew the guy was freaking knocked out. Yep. That's how obvious it was. The guy was limp. He may have had hold of his jumper, but he was freaking limp. Uh, this is Jai Arrow, by the way. Yeah. Mm. This goes back to what Tim said, I think, on one of his rants a while ago about um, having respect as well. Like, yep. And this, this definitely... That was an MMA one. Yeah, but it still goes in all sorts. Yeah. You've got a bloke that's laying lame on the ground. Mm. You're not proving anything by doing anything to him, are you? I think, actually, the dismissiveness of Bennett on that is as bad as Hardwick when he um, brought up mental health issues with David Swartz. Now, I think Bennett... What, what else is Bennett going to do in that situation? The game's just finished. They've just won a series. He's not going to get drawn into anything there. Yeah, but It's the, the same one... as when stuff happens in the AFL. You'll ask the coach, oh, mm. you know, did you see what happened with the incident out there when Blake got knocked Oh, I didn't see it. Even when they see it, they say that it's it. it. Oh, we'll I get that, but his uh, response to the opposition coach was not classy. Oh, it wasn't, but I just don't know what else you would have expected. It should have said no comment. Situation. should have said no comment. And we're pretty much done on that subject anyway. We're on to um, the next subject. Sorry, people out there, but we got a little bit, uh, bit of action on that one. So we're uh, now... At the USA Sports and the NBA draft, and I know Jeremy's got oodles of paperwork that he wants to discuss. Uh, well, yeah, there's been a lot going on. There's a, so before even the before the draft even started, uh, there was some teams getting in on the action. Woody in the on the trade front. Yeah. Um, firstly, the Phoenix Suns acquired Chris Paul from Oklahoma City. They had to chuck over a few uh, a couple of draft picks. Which Oklahoma City own 17 first round draft picks from now to 20. Is that similar to Geelong's recruitment? Like, is Chris Paul like 35? That's like the uh, yeah, it's like the the anti Geelong recruitment. He's the perfect player for that Phoenix side. Can we see the way that they win up the bubble? Yeah. Um, and finish the season strong, especially with Devin Booker. Um, they're a young team. We've got DeAndre Ayton and guys like this as well. They just need a cool head to lead the way, and it's gonna. Um, pay dividends for Booker as well because he's not going to be the team leader. Um, now, look at, look, look, at gonna, what, uh, look at what Chris Paul did in Oklahoma City. It was yeah. basically just a ragtag bunch of three. They, they weren't a playoff team. He basically lifted, lifted them up to like the fourth or fifth seed. They, they, they were not a playoff team. No, nobody picked them for the playoffs. And just that Chris Paul influence, he's a, he's yeah. never, he never flustered, is he? No. Um, and he's 
I would say his basketball IQ is probably as good as any current player. And where, wherever he goes, <coughs> wherever he goes, he wins. Yeah. Simple as that. Is it fair to say he's got a bit of the Magic Johnson sort of mentality where he makes shit shine? It, everyone, you put someone around Chris Paul and they become instantly better. There's a reason why we don't talk about DeAndre Jordan anymore and Blake Griffin. They don't have Chris Paul anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, just, a, just another quick thing. Uh, uh, Milwaukee trying to make their team better in the hopes that uh, Giannis might sign his Supermax, which they put in front of him. If he, if he decides to go to another team, boys, he's going to he's gonna knock back $92 million. Now, yeah. you, Philip, are you knocking back $92 million, you said? No, I'm not knocking back $92 million. So, million. so um, this, this is an extension that's in front of him, and he has to agree to sign. Now, obviously... They, he would he would want Milwaukee to be seen to be trying to improve the team because obviously they've had a couple of disastrous playoff exits the last two years. So uh, they've gone all the way of doing that, acquiring uh, Drew, Drew Holiday from the New Orleans Pelicans, um, which is an upgrade on Drew Bledsoe. Uh, not Drew Bledsoe. Uh, <laughs> Eric, Eric, Eric Bledsoe, yes, not the New England quarterback. Um, so which is an upgrade from the from Eric Bledsoe. And George Hill. As and, well. and George Hill, so who they have to give up. But here's the thing. They traded two first-round picks as well, gave them to yeah. New York. This is getting a bit out of hand. That's a here and now trade, though, isn't it? Yeah, that's, it's getting a bit out of hand. We're seeing, we're seeing average players. I'm not saying Drew Holiday's average, but is he a household name? Is he name is he, does, does that name jump out to you, Drew Holiday, Tim? Just well, he doesn't a, wear a Lakers jersey. Just, so as, no. a, just as an NBA layperson? Does that, and they're, they're, I'm a Lakers layperson. Yeah, well, <laughs> this is right. So, um, so these are... These are so three first round draft picks actually yeah. ended up ended up uh, departing from the Bucks to, mm-hmm. to get Drew Holiday. I mean he's not he's not uh, he not hasn't, a superstar. Not a superstar. Hasn't made an All Star team in seven years. So how old is he? Uh, uh, I mean, early 30, 31. So he he's an upgrade on George Hill and Bledsoe. But when you look at the package as a whole, he's a, yeah, it's not real. It, it seems. Not really, because really, they still need another he's piece. Decent, he's a decent scorer. Um, he's a very good defender. Very good defender. Very good defender. He but offers a lot more on the defense. It's not something. It's not something I would be. I, I would be dishing up three first round picks for. It's if a bit if they just traded Holiday in for Hill and Bledsoe, you'd think that that, that would probably be fair. That would, be, that would have been fair. But David, yeah. David Griffin's done a great job getting some picks off. That's thing you said before the about the Thunder and their the way they're building their squad for the future. Um, the so, Pelicans as well. Yeah. Well, they're, they're actually in a decent squad well, too going, from well, their draft. Because they've still got um, a bit of draft pitch coming their way from Anthony and Davis. Well, in the NBA, as well as the AFL, I suppose, draft picks aren't just draft picks. They're assets. So oh, they're, that's right. So they're assets that you can move around. And in, in with the difference with the NBA is you can trade during the season and pretty much the whole off-season. So... They, the the picks are used as as a, a as currency. Yeah, yeah, it's a commodity. So so picks... so what David Griffin I think is doing when when touch wood Zion stays healthy, and he's actually on the on the improver, started to become the superstar that we know that he is. He's got those assets there that if he wants to upgrade the team to make themselves a contender, to uh, maybe keep Zion around if he's coming out of contract, he has a means to do that because uh, he can he can. Chuck some picks in and maybe trade for another another star to play along Zion, and, that, and that's just an example of how the NBA GMs work. But that's the baffling thing to me, though. So that's the way the Pelicans have played it. But 
getting draft picks to get another player in for Zion. That's exactly what the Bucks needed those picks for for Giannis as well, though. So all they've done is taken their position and given it to the Pelicans. Uh, it's the time because they still need another piece there. It's the time. It's the time of the, it's time time of these years that we're in that Drew Holiday is what's available at the moment. Yeah. It's not a strong free and, agency class. And being that Giannis is coming out of contract, the, the Bucks are on the clock. Yeah, definitely. So they're working... That's they're, a here and now. Yeah, time. they're working against yeah. time here. They want, they want to have that bloke hang around and not piss off to Golden State. So they, have to, they have to get a chip in the next year. Not, not that I'd be turning down 92 yeah. million. Anyway, no, 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 no. the um, Bucks has probably gone to some of the other clubs. All franchises. Uh, yeah, so the draft, the draft was today. Uh, so we'll just quickly go through the top three. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota picked Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards with the number one pick. He's um, he's like he's like, he's, he's, like uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's he what you call a six seven sort of six seven guard small forward who can who can create his own shot. Um, and he's got a, he's got a he's got a big body, so he's ready to play now, um, and he's able to score. So there's three guys in the mix for that. Topic yeah, yeah, there well. was. So and there was actually there's a lot of drafts that go by, and you can lock in who's going to pick who's going to get picked with pick one early. But this year there was pretty much a three way three yeah. way tie. Yeah, like you got even money for each one of these. Each, each one of these players had their weaknesses, and that's well. why I think um, Charlotte have done really well because they got the third of them, and it's exactly what they need. Yeah, it is. Um, so the, and the Golden State. Which they needed to do. I'm not sure what they would have done had Clay Thompson not got injured today. Well, I reckon they may have traded it. They may have traded it, but that, so that Clay, Clay Thompson getting injured, rupturing his Achilles today, <laughs> which isn't good. Um, probably, uh, probably well, forced we'll them. Oh, no, he's least. gone for 12 months. Oh. Uh, so that would have forced them to use that draft pick with an eye on the future. Yeah. So, and James Wiseman, he's a seven footer, but he's very athletic. He can hit a jump shot. He can actually take people off the dribble as well. He's, but he's very raw. Um, he hasn't filled out his body yet. Um, that's a future pick, that one. But he'll slot into the Warriors system because that, um, he'll be able to just grab rebounds, roll to the basket. He'll get lobs off people. He basically, if he went to, if he went to say, uh, Atlanta or a Charlotte, he'd be asked to score the majority, the lion's share of the points and be a star. But in Golden State, he won't be asked to do that. He'll be asked to be a cog in the wheel. And just, minutes. So it'd be really good for his development. And uh, and Lamelo Ball, you know who's you know who's dead. Oh Lamello yes, is, yeah, uh, good, old, good old Lavar. Good old Lavar. Um, fancy. Didn't Lavar once say he was going to beat Michael Jordan in the one on one? I believe he did, mate. Yeah. Yes, that, yeah. That, not just the Lamelo pick, but I think you go down to pick twenty-four. I think it was. Uh, um, RJ, RJ Hampton, Hampton. From also yeah. played NBL. So you've got breakers. two guys that. Straight out of high school, rather than go to college, I've decided to go to the NBL. Mm. Um, and they've both got picked in the first round, which really puts the NBL on the map. Because the last couple of years, mm. the NBL have really tried to get back to where they were in the mid-90s. Um, and these two blokes going in the first yeah, round. Yeah, I think you'll probably, probably see a lot of more young players. Well, the last they? couple of years, their product's really improved. But it helps, helps their draft stock because they're playing against professionals. That's right. Yeah. Talking, talking about the mid-90s. Very famous US singer came over on tour and went for an NBL match and loved it because of the physicality of the yeah. 90s. So there you go. It is a... And while there. we're on the Aussie flavour, if we go down to pick 18 for Josh the Green. Dallas Mavericks, Josh Green. Josh Green got picked up there. So there's a fairly strong Aussie flavour in the first round. Well, so yeah, going uh, one pick uh, up 
the Timberwolves. Uh, who, who did the Timberwolves draft at 17 there, Jess? Uh, I'm going to say it's Alexei Pukazewski. Uh, <laughs> that'll do. That'll do. Well, what would you say, Phil? What we might do, because we didn't get onto the NFL, is just do a couple of minutes on the NFL before we move on to the next subject. Do we, we, um, yeah, we didn't really get to the NFL. But, no. um, We've got time for two minutes on it. All right. So, um, well, let's go to the playoff picture. Let's start, quickly, start with yeah. the AFC. There's nine teams with a 6-3 and three record. So, yeah. I think the rest of them, the Patriots, they're... I, I think you could probably put, put a lot of them. If we look at the, you see what, there's four teams currently, six and three. Oh, sorry, six teams currently, six and three. Yeah. Um, if you ask me, I reckon the Dolphins are the standout, to be honest. They're, they're in a better spot than the Ravens. They're, they're a good chance to actually win that division. And I, I know, I think last episode, I was um, pretty excited about Tua time. He has not disappointed. <laughs> no. He has been... Very, and, uh, very good. But they're but they've turned out to be very good all around all over the park. Well, they've got a top three defense. I expected yeah. that, but we have one so of the worst defense. So they're getting they? they're getting special teams touchdowns. They're getting yeah, defensive they're just, touchdowns. Uh, they're they're sort of doing it all. The Raiders no Raiders uh, Raiders are the fifth seed here at six and three. Do you see them dropping out? The the Browns dropping in. And yeah. much, they've got a much tougher schedule than the Browns. They do, but I actually rate what the Raiders are doing. Especially yeah, with John Raiders. Gruden as well. So I like, well, I like what they're doing. Well, they did. They, they, they are the other team to beat the Chiefs. Yeah. By the way. Um, so, it, you know, they're hot and cold, though. That's yeah. the thing. Their best is very good. So just quickly, the the, the NFC. Now, the Eagles, 3-5-1, leading the NFC East, are going to be in the playoffs. I can't so, believe they that's should just kick so, Then we look over in the NFC West. And um, so one of the Seahawks, um, Rams, and Cardinals are going to miss out because the Eagles will get in. Yeah. So one very poor team will be getting a home playoff berth at the expense of a very good team. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, although seven teams make it, so there are a chance still three NFC. And as well, the NFL have announced that if there's games that get delayed or get cancelled and the regular season gets uh, shortened. Well, you might see... They'll extend the playoff to eight teams in each division. You might you might ask who's coming up. Who's coming up from the, the eighth seed or something? But uh, no one. But you've actually got the Bears at five and five and they're... Who were five and one. They were five <laughs> and one and, um, and can't score to save so them. I, so I wouldn't be shaking in my boots if I was... No, not awesome, awesome guys. Awesome. Not at all. Well handled. Um, expertise brewing as normal. Uh, well, we're on to the world game, and we do have our expert on the world game, Josh. So I reckon, Josh, you can start us yeah. off, mate. Take this one, Josh. Uh, so we'll start with the Premier League, obviously. Um, the top, we'll go, we'll go top seven. We won't talk about it too much, but you know, eight games in, Leicester lead the pack with Spurs and uh, Liverpool not too far behind. Um, look, as much as uh. I didn't like Jose over United and Tim didn't like him. He's done a really good job with Spurs, I feel. He's done a good job. But in the terms of... Uh, yeah. Oh, let's hope not. Let's hope not. Yeah. He actually scored goals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's, exactly. He's lost the keys to the bus. That's the problem. He'll find them soon, though. <laughs> yeah, but Kane's been a real key player for them with uh, seven goals and eight assists. Pretty good mm-hmm. for a striker, I'd say. But um, some surprises. Aston Villa being sixth and Southampton being fourth. I personally tipped it via to be relegated, so that was a massive surprise to me. I just still think they got yeah, still plenty of time, but they've still got they got really good players in. That's what really um 
got them through. Chelsea are starting to gel more. And I know, Tim, you don't like Lampard and you don't rate him as a manager, but oh, they are starting to gel. <laughs> <laughs> and Just quickly, we'll go start- back to Villa, yeah. Josh. Um, how have yeah, you yeah. liked um, Jack Grealish so Ooh. far? I, uh, I've, always, I've always rated Grealish. You know, I don't think he's worth 80 million or what, what they're asking price. You're only worth what someone's he, willing to pay for you. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. He, he's been a really good player. He's just class on the field. You know, he's got a good touch. He can dribble. He's, he's a pretty good leader for his age as well, not to mention. Yeah, he's a big reason where they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, now, he's, now, a, he's their main man. Now, yeah. Philip. Philip, um, any you want to give us a bit of your Arsenal fan TV? This will be good. It's uh, I don't know. I, I'm seeing the top seven there. I can't see the Gunners. Uh, don't worry, Liverpool will be out of there soon, mate. So you can shut your trap about that. <laughs> but I um, know, oh, you know, typical Arsenal. It's just no defence, mate. You know, when you sign David Villard to an, um, um, David Lewis, sorry, to another, you know, hundred twenty thousand dollars a week. David Villa would be handy. David Villa would be happy with Aubameyang, um, but um, but uh, yeah, you know, David Lewis is no good. Um, I really like Jack Grealish and Harry Kane as well as having an absolute blinder with seven goals, eight assists, and Mo Salah for Liverpool. Mm-hmm. If if he gets injured as well at Liverpool, mate, they may as well just write yeah, off the really. season where you, you're pretty <laughs> yeah, much you're running at the soldiers. But, um, you know, you've got to give credit to Mourinho because he's got Tottenham looking pretty good. But it does They're help when you've got... they very much as Mourinho-like football at the moment. They've got Son and Kane. You know, Gareth Bale is probably still he, not 100% yeah. yet. But he's been on the score sheet. He has been, so he's very handy as well. Um, Woody, um, are you, Woody, are you daring to dream, though? No, no. Just on Mourinho, the play of the season came from Mourinho's mouth already. Playing against <laughs> Chelsea, Lampard being Lampard, and Mourinho turns around to him and says, you only stand up and yell when you're in front. And then just kept watching the game. Such a great character. I love anyway, it. Um, just a question. Oh. Just a question for you, Josh. Do you see... By the time 38 games are played, do you see the usual four suspects being in there or do you think it's going to kind of stay this way? Uh, look, Liverpool have lost a lot of key players. They're, they're, they even lost a young centre-back to injury as well. But somehow they will maintain, I reckon, Liverpool. The, the one that might not is Man City because, I don't know, they're just not the same. They're, they're really not the same team. And... Quick prediction, I see Pep leaving at the end of the season. That's just a quick one. Yeah. I predicted that a long time ago. You probably you probably yeah, en- just, you probably yeah. enter you probably end up like in squalor in Italy somewhere with Napoli or Inter Milan. <laughs> so that's where all yeah, the coaches no, go to Seeing he's employed by City Group, he might come to Melbourne City. Melbourne City, <laughs> mate. That'd be nice. Yeah. That'd be very nice. I'd be very happy with that. Jo- Josh is a City man as well. Right? Oh, and he'd be uh, making the A making the A League coach base rate of uh, Few history hundred thousand. Oh, yeah, he'll be a playing coach. You'll make a comeback. Yeah, we'll <laughs> get by on that, will he? Make more work than Mac is on. Yes, yes, you would. But, uh, but Kevin, uh, Kevin, Kevin yeah. must get early money. We might be running the Bundesliga, <laughs> where we? Yeah, I think we are. Yeah, Bundesliga. Um, look. Uh, RB Leipzig, they lost Timo Werner, and a lot of people have said they're not going to be the, as good without Timo Werner. And I'd say they're a little bit correct. You know, they they haven't been the same attacking wise, but still they're 
they're holding their own in their league, in the Champions League, different story. But um, in their own league, they're doing pretty well. But of course, Bayern, you know, with their class, they've topped them once again and they're first. But, um, and Lewandowski doing what he does best and keeps scoring goals. He just keeps finding the back of the net. And he's leading with um, 11 goals at the moment. I think he's leading the European Golden Boot too. Yeah, he he could could be as well, yeah. Walk that in, just call And um, this is is a bit, you know, this is a debate, but I honestly think I really like Joshua Kimmich. I think he's been phenomenal and he's the best midfielder in the world right now. But it was a massive shame. shame. He uh, got injured in uh, the game against Dortmund because I really think he was going to be he was going to have a really good season. He was in for a really good season. But um, what um, are you guys thoughts? Well, I haven't really got much thoughts on the. I think we've got one just in case Leipzig are actually they're making a good account of themselves, but mm. um, the question is, can they can they sustain it for the whole season? Um, Dortmund are sitting third at the moment, so you expect they'll be thereabouts at the pointy end of the season. The use of the bridesmaid. mate. Well, that's right. Mm. No one's no one's going to catch behind. No. Um, they're just nope. a class above everyone in Germany. The only um, one, the class of everyone in Europe. Well, that's what I was going to say. You'd, you'd back them to win the Bundesliga and you'd be stupid to bet against them in the Champions, Champions League, League as well. As well yeah. The only thing that will beat them is themselves. the Manchester United curse, a plane crash of all the players. Yeah, like they that right. are that good. And um, uh, Philip, who's on top in the La Liga, mate? <laughs> Real, Real Sociedad. Real Sociedad. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't yeah. see, I don't see that happening uh, through the uh, games. Well, you, you wouldn't see that. about 12 or 15 years. I think they nearly won the league one year. They did, yeah. They, they lost it on the final day. Yeah, yeah, they come second, yeah. Um, well, well it, poor old Barcelona, they're in all sorts of trouble. What, they're sitting fifth, I think, at the moment, aren't they, Josh? Barcelona, from, from memory. Uh, <laughs> uh, fifth? I think they're lower yeah. than that, to be honest. Yeah, there you go. If they indeed were in the bin, if they were in the Bundesliga, they'd be up shores and creek right oh, now. Yeah. Well, it's got me stuffed to take off rid of Luis Suez, who's at Atletico Madrid now, who are third on the table, so he'd be very happy. Um, being on that well, list, we now, discussed but... this in a previous episode as well. But we thought um, Barcelona were going to go down a, a bit of a uh, gloomy path. I, I thought actually it was the writing was on the wall with the whole Messi saga, and yeah, even though yeah. he stayed, the Messi Messi saga, yeah, yeah the Messi the Messi, Messi saga. saga I, yes. think, I think even his body language on the pitch has yep. demonstrated there is problems at Barca. Yeah, he doesn't want to be there. And no. the other reason why is there is because Barcelona pretty much said you've got a billion dollar buyout clause. And there's not too many, you know, uh, teams in European football that would be able to afford a billion dollars. So I think that yeah, he's just. But he'll walk for free. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's buying his time. Yeah, he's just collecting his paycheck as, at the moment. That's right. He's there collecting his paycheck, and as long as he's here, Barcelona selling shirts with his name on the back. That's it. Yeah. Talking about this, they're actually sitting eighth at the minute. Talking about the league, two of the biggest stars could easily be playing EPL next year. Well, it could be both. Both for City. Or? No, one for City and one possibly for United, if, if it does go that way. We'll see. That would be akin to uh, the uh, retirement village down at Geelong. <laughs> yeah, but there's a difference in the calibre of the elderly that we're talking yeah. about. Anything <laughs> about Villarreal, Josh? Do you see them being top four at the end of the season? Uh, who, sorry, who was that? Villarreal. Um, Villarreal. Yeah, they're in the mix. They're always up there in the top six, roughly. Will they maintain it? 
I don't I don't think so in my opinion. I just I don't think they're that type of team to to maintain that kind of level. But but we never know because you know Barcelona could find form somehow and just get into the top four. You know it always happens in La Liga all the time. You think oh one big team's falling off and then by you know thirty eight games they're back on top again. So how's the Serie A looking, Josh? How's the Serie A looking? Yeah, it's it's looking it's looking pretty good for AC Milan. You know, years and years. I know some of the I know some uh, AC Milan fans, and you know, it's been years since they've been, you know, not up there, and it's just pure frustration. But they're really finding their feet, not losing a game yet. Is it AC Milan? Which... Is it AC Milan or uh, AC? You know who? Slatan. <laughs> yeah. Slatan. Slatan. The lion himself. Very good. Had to bring him in. And while we're mentioning Zlatan, can I just give a shout out to Borussia Mönchengladbach? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, was, you know, I, was, I was actually thinking about saying, hey Woody, can you just do that one more time for us? Practice that over and over again. And, and just while we're on the Serie A, I just want to send um, our thoughts to probably one of Juventus' um, biggest fans in Australia who lost his father today. Yep. 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 Yeah, just uh, massive condolences to mm. Jack and his family. Yep. 100%. Massive condolences, yeah. But um, yeah, unfortunately for Juve, they got Perlo in. It was a massive gamble with Perlo because he's got really little management experience, and it's really showing at the moment, in my opinion. You know, and um, it might be the year Juve might not win the um, Serie A this season. Yeah, I reckon. Off a very slow start, haven't they? Well, four, yeah, point, yeah. four points back on AC Milan, um, seven games in. So. The other, well, the teams above them are not without a chance. I'll say that. And um, I see under the Champions League, Josh, you've highlighted Group B. Yep. <laughs> now, now, majority of other groups are not really surprised with who's on top, but I've, you know, Group B, this is a big surprise. This is probably the most competitive group right now because you've got Shakhtar second. Are you okay, who's, who's, top, who's top, Josh? Do you care to tell us who's <laughs> top, mate? Maybe we hand that oh, over to Woody to pronounce. Borussia Mönchengladbach is sitting top at the ah, moment. Ah, very good. Yes. Yeah, Much like uh, the NFC East, yeah. there's not too many wins there. It's a bit like the NFC, isn't it? It's the NFC East in the Champions League. What was that, Josh? But... Uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach, though they, they've got a pretty good team, a lot of good young players, a lot of experienced players. They've actually, so been, building, they've actually been building a decent squad for probably the last five or six years. Like they've been slowly climbing the ranks of Bundesliga, and um, yeah, they're giving themselves a shot at making uh, stages now. It's very tight. Um, Real Madrid's one decent game away from. <laughs> we're still we're still only halfway through the group. Going game, on top, so going even, on top there, and then they'll, they'll end up being well in the top two. Yeah, they're still. I just, I just have to mention one thing though. I have to mention one thing before we move on. Uh, I, I know a mate of mine who he said because uh, Zidane won three Champions Leagues in a row, he was close to Sir Alex Ferguson, and I nearly uh, fell off my chair. <laughs> I nearly fell off my chair. Uh, and he's, I reckon he's on the brink of getting sacked if they don't make the knockout stages. Probably a fair call. I'm, yeah. just, I, I'm, yeah. just, I'm yeah. just imagining that if he actually if he actually said it directly to Tim's face. I, I, I think <laughs> there, may have been, there may have been physical... Uh, well, uh, I'll, I'll just say, just before we wind up for our first break, um, anyone that says Sir Alex isn't the best club coach in the world game, 
probably needs an MRI to see if you've got a brain. Anyway, just saying that. Yeah, for um, that break. We're at that lovely time where we have a bit of a halfway break and we'll be back uh, on the other side of it. All right, we're back from our break, and we're going to hit it running with some combat sports, and we'll head you over in the direction of our guru, Woody, to start the discussion. Um, first of all, we'll go to look at the light heavyweight picture um, in the UFC. So as we know, um, Jan Bukovic is a champion. Um, and if you look through the list of the top five ranked guys, there's really no – there's only one standout, sorry – um, and he's not even been looked at for a title shot because I think Dana um, is just looking at um, Israel Adesanya to step up and take the first title fight, which is a bit of a joke and a bit of a slap in the face to Glover Teixeira. He's 41 years old. He's won his last five fights. He's um, well, he's 15 and five in the UFC, but the last few years he's just been on a run. He's in the best form he's been in. Um, his, his last five wins, he's knocked off Chris Smith and um, Thiago Santos and both fought John Jones for the belt. So the last couple of guys that have been deemed worthy to fight John Jones for the belt, he's knocked them off. Um, so I think he, he has to be the next guy in line. But, but isn't that just a showing of um, Dana's lack of professionalism of the way he runs the UFC? Yep. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Like he, all he's looking at is... He has his favourites, so he's gone through the Ronda Rousey thing, he's gone through the Conor McGregor thing, um, and now he's um, pumping up Izzy's tyres, and he's, he's going to get a title fight just because that's who um, he wants to wants to build up, but he, he doesn't deserve it. Um, Glover Teixeira does, but it's much the same if you look at the middleweight division and who deserves the title shot there. That's Robert Whitaker. And talk about the excuse, oh, he needs another fight, he needs another fight. He's had two fights, right? Yeah. If you look back in a little bit of UFC history, the GOAT, um, after losing the title, yeah. had two fights and had a, um, another title shot. Gen- generally, when, when a champion loses a belt, he generally gets a rematch. That's right. Um, but as we've said time and time again, <laughs> Robert Whitaker, Glover Teixeira as well, they don't have fake personalities. They don't pretend to be someone or not. They're actually irrespectful <clears throat> to the sport and their opponent. Oh, they're and it gets them nowhere. Beyond sport, they're respectful to the arts. But exactly right. And it gets them nowhere because Dane is going down very much a WWE path where mm. you've got to have the big personas, you've got to be someone you're not and take on a persona to sell tickets, which absolutely gives me the shits. But you almost got to walk, walk out to Real American and shit like that. Oh, it's just absolutely ridiculous. But that's probably enough about that rant. Um, all right. On the weekend just gone, we had um, Paul Felder. He stepped up. <coughs> so everyone keeps saying about this, you know, someone will take a fight on short notice, Tim, right? Mm. So someone will pull out, someone else will come yep. in and say, oh, he's like Paul Felder, he took this fight on five <coughs> days notice. Mm-hmm. What? What people don't understand, though, is um, Dos Anjos, he signed a contract to fight last weekend. But he, <laughs> fought, he signed a contract um, to fight someone else. 
So he doesn't have to fight Felder if he doesn't want to. No. So Felder isn't taking the fight on five days' notice. Dos Santos is also taking the fight on five days' notice as well. And it's also, and it's a bit hard for Dos Santos because he's been training for the last eight weeks for a different opponent. He, he was training for a grappler. That's right. Paul Felder, he can hold his own in the grappling club, but he likes to stand and bang. But I just want people <coughs> to understand, though, is like, you can't say this bloke's taking a fight on five days' notice, three days' notice, like that. So is the guy that was originally built to fight someone else. The only, the only difference is, though, the guy that was already built to fight that's still available yep. has had a full fight camp. Oh, he that, has. That's, but, that's still in the band. But Paul Felder, he comes yeah. on, <clears throat> take back to a, a quote that Uriah Faber had mm. um, when he was in his prime, because he, he could take a lot of fights on short notice, because he said, if you stay ready, you never have to get ready. Yeah. Um, and that means you're also fighting in a more natural weight and all those other things Mind as well. you, talking about that, Felder himself was quoted as to saying, I think it was the Thursday before the fight, he was absolutely struggling because of the cut. Yeah. The short. And that's the thing with Faber, though. Faber and now Rob Whitaker as well, they fight at a lot more natural weights. So the weight cuts aren't as brutal and they're actually in good condition to fight pretty much all year round and step in for things like this. But both fighters are taking that fight on short notice. And anyway, Dos Anjos ended up winning by a split decision. Um, Shouldn't have been a split decision. Should have been unanimous. But anyway. Uh, yeah, well, that's just... That's a story for another day, probably. People can make their own minds up about that, but how many times are we speaking about the judges? But how good... Did you watch the fight? Oh, I watched... Well, I haven't seen it all right. in I watched yet. it from start to yep. finish, and all I can say is, after seeing some of the peanuts we've seen in main events in recent times, yep. Izzy, hello. Yes. Um, it was great to see two guys with the utmost respect for each other. And this was actually a fight worthy of a main event, too. Mm. Um, it wasn't... It was a decision, but it's not like both guys were fighting for a decision. No, they were both going for the win. Yeah. Um, but seriously, the respect they showed each other, amazing compared <laughs> to some of the actual F-wits we've seen in recent times. Which will bring me on to my next point. because I've been There's a bloke in Bellator, um, Aaron Pico. I've been talking him up to Tim for a while. <laughs> and Tim actually finally had a look at him on the weekend. And he looked very impressive. He did. Until he won by knockout and carried in, yep. carried on like an absolute goose. He pretty much did the DX sign yeah, over so the guy's John, John DeJesus got knocked out. And the thing that I like about Pico is, sorry, the knock that's been on Pico is he's either employed a boxing technique or a wrestling technique mm-hmm. in each fight. And he's never used his wrestling to set up his boxing or used his boxing to set up his wrestling. And he actually did this in this fight and he looked as good as he's ever looked but he made an absolute goose of himself by the way he carried on after it. And I don't know if there was any bad blood or anything said before the fight, but have a bit of respect. Can I just say, on that, if there's a bit of bad blood to build up to the fight, and that, one of the best mindsets in the mixed martial arts world for that sort of stuff is Michael Bispin. He yeah. would talk absolute trash and try and fight. I think it was the Whitaker Wednesday. He's saying to Rob after the interview, Mate, can you react? We're trying to sell this fight, mate. We're trying to yeah. put bums on seats. Yeah. But, but, again, but he's like a gentleman. I, he's an absolute legend. Like I said before, Whitaker, he doesn't buy into that stuff no. because he's not going to be someone he's not. He's not going to try and pretend to be something he's not. And that's why I like him. And I, look, I was questionable of um, Bispin for a while until I've seen a little bit of a scene when he was at a press conference and a little kid with disability was there, yeah. got up shadow box with him, that sort of stuff. 
he's actually a genuinely beautiful person. Oh, he, absolutely. He um, and not just that, he, in my opinion, is one of the <clears throat> best play-by-play comedians getting around at the moment. Like, yep. If he's on the broadcast, <clears throat> you know it's going to be top quality commentary. Yep. And, and another person for the listeners out there that's actually a good analyst is Chael. Yeah, definitely. Chael Sloan. A lot of people talk about DC, Dominic Cruz, and even Dan Hardy as flight analysts. But I think Bisping and Chael have them well covered. And just for the listeners out there, if you're interested in hearing a bit from Chael, I was listening to a classic on the Stone Cold um, podcast, yeah. and he's actually interviewing Chael. I'm halfway through it. It's actually quite a good listen if you like it. Yeah, so Chael had his own podcast as well, which is called <laughs> You're Welcome, which is yep. very, very good. Um, and he's got a bigger, a bigger personality than anyone, but... Unlike Izzy and <clears throat> Conor McGregor and all these sort guys, it's not a fake personality. That's actually him. Yeah. And the other thing is too, though, as much as he could be a bit of a um, peanut with some of the things he would say in that, he showed respect in the office. Every life. single time. Yeah. And just before we finish this segment up as well, Anderson Silva had a fight a couple of weeks ago against Uriah Hall, got knocked out. I've heard a rumour about um, um, Anderson Silva. Geelong are looking at him. Geelong are looking at him. Well, there you go. Oh, wow. Just, yeah, just play, play, one, play one game against Richmond and uh, he, know, he knows what to do. <laughs> he gets suspended I for the think, rest of the year. I think um, Dane is going to take the chocolate yeah. approach with Anderson Silver and just put him on the shelf. <clears throat> yeah. Um, because he's he hasn't been himself since he broke his leg. Um, and that's definitely tarnished his legacy. All right. Well, we're hitting the old minute mark. Which um, I, I know we did have listed a bit of a quick chat about Nunez and our girl Anderson, but we might. Everyone knows it's been postponed. We'll just leave that because I reckon we need to spend a little bit of time on the Gallon funeral. Yeah, so that that fight's next month. He's signed up to um, fight Mark Hunt. Well, yeah. I, I actually saw the money for that. The money's rolling in for Gallon. There's a lot of stupid punters out there. Um, <laughs> particularly and, and, particularly TKO and KO. And I would suggest a lot of those punters probably have the postcode of Sydney. What I might actually mm. suggest is if you're one of those people that are putting money on Paul Gallon, um, hit us up on Twitter and we can just send you our bank details. Yeah. Um, just, if just you're going to waste your money, just give it to us. <laughs> Seriously, people, just on that fight, the one thing Gallon needs to make sure before he steps in the ring of um, Mark Hunt is how many people can attend his funeral. Because that's what's going to happen. He's just going to get smashed. Yeah, and it's going to be great to see. That is. <laughs> and that's the end of that segment. And now we're on to the cricket. And Australia have announced their test squad. Uh, I think it was last week. Yeah. Have we got that there, boys, to discuss? We do. So the Aussies have selected uh, Davey Warner, uh, Will Pukowski. Finally, a Victorian makes the uh, the test team. I can't believe it. There's more than one Victorian in this. Yes. Uh, Joe Burns, Manus Alabashon, Steve Smith, Travis Head, Matthew Wade, Cameron Green, uh, Skipper Tim Payne, Pat Cummins, Mitchell Stark, Josh Hazelwood, Nathan the Goat Lion, James Pattinson, Michael Nessa, Mitchell Swepson, and Sean Abbott rounds out the selection. This has been a long time coming for Sean Abbott. Has been, mate, yeah. Um, and it would actually be a bit of sweet moment for him if he actually got a test cap, wouldn't it? Well, uh, yeah, I think it might be it might only be injury that will get them in. Um, just quickly go yeah, through. Yeah, he's not, he's not going to crack, crack a squad. Was the but... um, royal surname in the squad? I didn't actually hear it. Marsh? Is there a Marsh in there? There actually There's isn't. No Marsh. There is not. No, no, Marsh, no Marsh, no. And maybe, the, maybe the payments have stopped to the... Uh, I don't think mm. either of them deserved it, but 
Have they ever deserved the go? That's what I was going to say. Have either of them ever actually deserved the test caps they've got? One could argue, so. Um, so if we, if we, we look at the top order. Order. No, sorry. Uh, <laughs> so putting, if we look at the top order, <clears> so your openers are probably well, going to be Warner, Warner, Pukowski and Burns. Burns, yep. Um, Labuschagne might play three, though. Labuschagne will probably play three, but I'm just talking about if you're looking for your opening pair, mm, um, between, uh, Warner, yeah. Pukowski and Burns, who misses out? Um, from what I'm hearing um, in an article I read, I think it was late last week, Lang is very undecided, which makes me think he's thinking Burns. Because if he was going to give the new kid a go, I think he would have said it. I, I, I think so as well. The other thing too is, does he does he pick Matthew Wade as a specialist batsman? Yeah, I think they. I think he gets first crack. So I think. He, I, he think, I, I, think I actually think the incumbents get do get first crack. Yeah. Um, so any 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 form let down or any injuries or anything like yeah. that. Mm. And I just want to say that. one thing. Like, if you look at a lot of social media stuff with the cricket and whatever, there's a lot of people that seem to don't understand the role of Tim Payne in the Test side. Yeah. Um, he's acquitted. In, he's accounted himself as a very very good captain. Mm-hmm. Um, but you jump on social media and you see these clowns all the time. They go, oh, you know, Tim Payne. He, He's only scored this many first-class centuries and rah, 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 and his test average is only 30. We need to get someone else in. He's at number seven. Mm, his yeah. job is not to make the runs. No. If you've got a number seven averaging 30, I think he's doing his job. job. So yeah, if you're the, the problem is Adam Gilchrist. Correct. That's, that's what I was just about to say. We're, not, we're never going to see a number seven like that. But if you're relying on a number seven to come in and score 80, 90 runs every time, that means, it's not going to happen. That means... Your top order is failing, not your number seven. Yeah, so that's where you should be looking at the likes of your Burns and your Warners, right. etc. Because if they're if they're averaging thirty, that's when you start going. Hang on a sec, we need to look at some more options for the top. Just order. a question without notice, yep. um, from Australian perspective, highest run scorer in the series, Steve Smith. Yeah, you got to back. Hard to go past Steve Smith. I'm actually going to go with Labuschagne. Right. Um, and who takes the most wickets? Uh, a bowler. Pat Cummins. I'm going to go with Hazelwood. But I think Hazelwood and Cummins probably... Just, just on, also, um, before we move on to the next segment, on people's perspective and understanding of test cricket. Like, I'll see a guy like um, the lad that's making double hundreds for Victoria. Pekonsky, yeah. Yep. They just don't understand the jump from first class to test cricket. It though, is massive. So that is 100%. huge. We've seen many times guys dominate or make a very good account of themselves at a first-class level and they can't carry it on to the test arena. That's right. And that's what makes someone like Smith so special because he might not do much at state level, but he'll go and make a double ton. Anyway, moving on, we're on to one of our regular segments, Mount Rushmore. And the topic this time round is most overrated AFL players. And I think there's going to be some very interesting names. Exactly. Have and you got a list there, Josh? Yes, I do. <laughs> I reckon we start with Josh because well, you've been a bit quiet, buddy. So. Yeah, first came off the rank, Josh. Um, my Mount Rushmore. So, because I've only been alive for 21 years, these are more recent players that everyone mm-hmm. will, will know. But um, probably the biggest one out of the four on my Mount Rushmore is Mason Cox. Because, look, the man, all right, he's a giant, right? But the guy has one good game every 
bloody ten games. Every career, it seems. There's one really good and, game. And, one good game, oh, every preliminary final. I don't yeah. <laughs> and he and yes, he did stop Richmond. You know, winning a four p but. Yeah, people people hype the man way too much. I just think I think he's not that good as people make him out to be. But, uh, oh, but moving... he's from the US. He never grew up before. I'll tell you what, though, <clears throat> he is always in great form on Twitter. <clears throat> <If> he... <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's got good banter. <laughs> if yeah. you've got Twitter account, follow yeah. Mason Cox. He comes out with some pearls. No, uh, he does. Next he one, does. Josh. Uh, Cyril Rioli. Now, okay, you know, oh, Hawthorne. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Hawthorne supporters would be killing me right now. But anyway, yeah, Cyril Rioli. I just think he had a really good team around him. You know, you could make an argument for a lot of players, you know, but I reckon he had a really good team around him and he would show up like every five games and have a really good game, but then go quiet. That's why I really think that? he's. Yeah, I think he's. <laughs> Yeah. He's got think, a he's got a new yeah. reincarnated one. His name's Liam Ryan, plays for West Coast. Anyway, <laughs> but um, yeah, and uh, one of uh, one of um, our friends, Tim Chris, he would be jumping down my throat for this one. But Marlon Pickett is very mm. overrated because okay, he had a really good grand final on his debut, but really. During the season, he didn't do much. I felt, you know, Richmond supporters saying how much of a great player he is, and he did, he did so much in a, such a short time. But I think he's overrated as all hell, Marlon Pickett. I think I think he's all right, but I don't think he's as good as they make him out to be. Yep. And then the big and then the big one. Now, bear with me. All right, Jeremy McGovern. All right. I know people will be oh, killing me right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people will be killing me right now. But just hear me out. Look, I'm not saying he's. I'm, I agree. He's probably one of the best defenders, like in the comp. Good at what he does, intercept marking. He's got a good pair of hands. Like he marks everything. And I wanted Collingwood to get him when he was out of contract, but just as a defender, he goes one on one. He's he's a terrible defender. He's just that type of defender that just stands there and marks everything. He doesn't do any other defensive work at all. He, <laughs> that's what I mean. He he's just a pest on the field sometimes. He just stands there and does nothing. And you know he just marks the ball and kicks it out. And I that's how I think he's overrated. I'm not and saying he's a bad and player. The way, but, yeah. the way, sorry, yeah. Josh. The way he plays in yeah. defence, he would have been yeah. cannon fodder if he was playing lock at stakes. He would just run straight through him. I think it's a fair point you bring up, though, because you said he's not a terrible player. Now, when you say overrated, it means you have to be rated to some degree. Right? Um, so just because someone's overrated doesn't mean you don't think they're not good. Correct. It just yeah. means the hype probably doesn't match the ability. And I'm glad you said that because some of mine come under that category. So when, when we say overrated, you need to keep that context in mind. We're not saying they're a horrible player. We're just no. saying that the, the hype outweighs the ability.
right? And that was back when the Brownlow meant something too. And then he went to full forward, right? And how can he be the, the greatest player to have played the game when a guy by the name of Tony Lockett has a conversion rate of 69.74, where Gary Senior has 59.91? Yes. Must Hudson had a pretty decent... Um... Still, still, still inferior to still inferior to Lockett because Lockett actually holds the best conversion rate of. Oh yeah, that's right. I'm just yeah. saying, like, as yeah. it doesn't yeah. stack up in the top yeah, four that's right. all time. He's yeah. even behind Wayne Carey, who plays centre four, which is arguably a harder position. I think yeah. Carey's sixty point something yeah. rather. Anyway, the next one um, sitting next to Gary on the Mount Rushmore is Nathan Buckley. Now, I don't rate. I never rated him as a player. I just thought he was a guy that ran around and got kicks, and and they used to always exaggerate his 50-metre kicks. I actually think at one stage, Brendan Goddard had a better boot than um, Buckley with 50-metre kicks and that. Uh, and also, too, as a player, but also as a coach, as I said. And that's still, over, still overrated, underrated. And as a coach, his record is 113 wins, 90 losses and two draws for his 205 games. But he was gifted a friggin' premiership team two years prior. The other one is Matthew Scarlett. Now, I'm not saying he wasn't a good fullback. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he wasn't a good fullback. But people say he's the best fullback we've seen. No, he's not. Stephen Silvani played on the big forwards, the Lockets, the Dunstalls, those sort of guys. Scarlett played on guys where you didn't have to actually man up. I'm not saying he wasn't a good player. I'm not saying he wasn't the best of his era. I'm just saying people gave, gave him more kudos than what he deserves. And... Finally, this guy was a lemon, and I think he got another 47 games after his second game that was the best on ground under two foot of water, and that was Mark McGough. And Silly St Kilda recruited him for 12 games, but we woke up after 12 games and got rid of him. And an honourable mention is there's a fella that plays, um, and, and he'll tell you how gifted he is at the game in conversations, Plays in the uh, Masters um, in Maryborough away. Jeremy the Frame Wharf. <laughs> Overrated. <laughs> How could you say that when you haven't seen you? Play? I've gone on what you say. And, and this also brings back to what I said before. To be overrated, you have to be rated. Mm. So no one rates Jeremy. So how can be overrated? Well, some of the things he says what he did against the fat guys and that sort of thing. Anyway, sort of rating so we're, we're, rings around those we're running out of time. <laughs> and Tim's actually giving us his best Jeremy impression in Mount Rushmore by taking up all the time. Do <laughs> so you want to quickly run through yours if you've got them there? Yeah, mine, mine would be, uh, I, I back up Josh's statement for Silrioli. Um, my second one was Dane Swan. Yeah, I like, like, it. like he, People carry on about how many possessions he's got. But he was... Uh, if, uh, yeah, if football didn't work out for him, it would have been a very good butcher, Dane. And yeah, um, yeah so definitely Dane's one from Collingwood. And also, uh, going back to Hawthorne, Isaac Smith as well. He was around a lot, a lot of good players. Yeah. So players around him made him, I think, look a lot better than what he actually was. Um, okay. Uh, mine, one of mine might be controversial anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so I was actually I'm uh, in cahoots with a few. I think Sarah Rioli has uh, got the round table here, hasn't he? Pretty much, yeah. 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 Okay, so I went with him. Also, I went with Mason Cox for all the reasons Josh mm-hmm. for all the reasons Josh shit. Um, Jack Darling plays for West Coast. Mm, I like it. Mm. What's he done? Yeah. Um, he's done a lot less. And again, like I said before, he had a lot of hype coming out of the draft. Yep. And, he hasn't been and only went further down the track because of a few indiscretions and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not controversial. 
are we sure with the amount of esteem he's held in? Are we certain Jonathan Brown had as good a career as that? Yeah, I'm in agreement. He did all his damage as a 21-year-old in those premierships. Yep. Well, yeah. Not really. He kicked 14 goals in one of those years. Yeah. No, but in the finals, though. I'm talking the final series. He pro- that's probably what people that are going be, on. That'd be fair, mate. Right. I think that's um, a fair one. And I, and, and I, and I love Brownie. Yep. Um, he had a fantastic career. Yep. But the, the way people talk about yep. him, you would have thought he had a better career than what he had. 594 <laughs> goals for his career. Uh, notable names that have kicked more are Eddie Betts, Josh Kennedy, Jack Revolt. Matthew Pavlich kicked 700. Did Melody kick more than him? Um, no, he's around the 400, 400, 400 yeah, mark. Yeah, 400 But for any so. bets to kick more than him in any So I'm just so saying, are we, are we sure he had as good a career as well? No, I like, no, I like that, mate. It's I a like fair him. shot. It's a fair shot. Yeah, no, it's yeah. a really um, fair shot. But yeah. you reckon you ain't controversial. Wait till you hear mine. <laughs> <laughs> so you've done your offer. Oh, I'm done, yeah. All right. right. So honourable mention for the same reason that... Did you mention Isaac Smith? Yeah, yeah. Um, Daniel Kerr for the exact same reason? Yep. Um, he was a superstar when Judd and Cousins were around him. And he was, he left, wasn't getting all the attention when they left, and he had to take a tag. He couldn't do it. So and he's not even the best footballer in his family. He's, no, he's that's not right. The best footballer <laughs> in the world. Um, so he's an honourable mention for me. Matthew Scarlett, um, probably up there with Nick Maxwell as the best defender of open space. Yep. Um, Rioli, we've mentioned him. Now this is where the controversy kicks in. I'm going to go with Lou Richards. So we're going back a while. There's a lot of people talking about him for being, Ooh. you know, legend status, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But if you actually talk to people in the know, he was a very average footballer. So he's a, he was a good average footballer. Yeah. Um, wasn't a superstar. Wasn't a superstar. So the legends um, in the Hall of Fame is reserved for the greatest of the greats. He probably had a better media career than a football career. So as far as on-field goes... Um, he, I'd say he's overrated. Um, as far as characters and TV and all that sort of stuff, put him in the Hall of Fame for that, definitely. Yeah, 100%. And put him as your poster boy because no one's catching him because yeah. he started it. Well, Jack Dye will tell you what he was like. What's yeah. it like? Would, would we have the footy, would we have the footy show and all these sorts of stuff mm. without what Lou Richards did in his day? Probably. Jack Dye will tell you that. He used to walk off the ground with um, shins bleeding because um, Louis would be kicking you in the shins yeah. and crap all that. He was never a gift of play. No, that's right. Um, and this is where Phil's not going to be happy with me. No, I'm looking forward to this. We've been waiting on this one, haven't we? Um, yes. Jim Steins. No, yeah, okay. Um, very good footballer. Yeah. Very good. Not an all-time great, but a very no. good footballer. That's Didn't correct. Um, though. He did win a Brownlow, but so did Shane Wayne. Yep. Um, but that's still not a fair comparison to Shane Wayne was. <laughs> yeah, anyway. But, um, yeah, some people talk about him in, I think, since he passed, people have pretended that he was a better footballer than he actually was. Yeah. Um, well, I think it's, and it's a good guy scenario. It is a good... And that's what I was going to say. Oh, like, similar thing, similar thing with Brownie when he retired. Yeah. Just a good bloke. Um, but yeah. this is the thing. You probably, from all accounts, you would have never met a better bloke than Correct. Jim Stein. Yeah. Um, and I think people passed that onto his football career. Yeah. Um, so... I'll just say that, that. Just ask yeah. Jules Lund what but, sort of bloke um, he was. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Like, he, he, he would tell you that he <clears throat> saved his life. Yeah. Um, like, as far as a man goes, give him a statue, do whatever you want. Yeah. You would never come across a, a bloke that did more for, for disadvantaged youth. And this is before he even went through his battles. Correct. He was always about mm-hmm. lifting those up around him. Mm-hmm. But I think that 
gets distorted about with his football talent. No, he's well. not the best ruckman I've seen anyway. No, that's no, right. And that goes back to your stuff again. He, he, well. he won a Brownlow medal. Oh, he, he did in 1991. Yeah, but just because you won a Brownlow medal doesn't mean you're yeah. oh, a, a, lot of, a lot of great Melbourne players have won Brownlow medals. Yeah, Brian Wilson. Yeah, Brian Wilson. Peter Moore, one for Collingwood, one for Melbourne. I think further to that, mate, I was even surprised when Jimmy got a statue at the G because... And that's what I'm I'm saying, maybe overrated because... Because of the... Yeah. If you look at all the statues around the MCG, they are absolute all-time greats of their sport. Sport, yeah. he, he deserves and, a statue. And all those, all those games he played in a row as well. That's right. Yeah. I would say he probably does deserve a statue, but the MCG is probably the wrong spot. Long jeopardy's yeah. on his side. But anyway, we'll yeah. move on to our um, next segment, which is our regular one, Straight Down the Guts. And it's actually good that we've got a bit of um, extra bodies on this one because we could get their opinions. Our first one's from Jamie Goodall. That's it right. Jeez, Tim's scoring. His question was, what's the collective thoughts on international sports? Teams isolate, practice safe COVID, then you send your best players all around the world. I think it's a fair question, actually. Mm. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to answer it, though. Um, mm. So you said you look over in the... They've got no... no uh, even you look at the NFL, like no or minimal crowds and you look at the way that they shut down facilities when they get one positive test even just from a staff member not a player mm-hmm. um it's probably probably a fair question to ask should international games be being played i don't know what the answer is but um definitely a good top topic for discussion well it would be because there's especially like with the champions league and stuff there's a lot of countries in europe mm. that are still in like debt this full lockdown, full lockdown like, like in Spain and places like England that. went back into one. Correct. So that, that's a very, very good question by Mr. Goodall because, gee whiz, like, yeah, you've got all these COVID-safe protocols and then you... Then you throw them out the window. You throw them out the window. But when, yes. if you're actually hiring a commercial flight for just your, your team... Private jets. Yeah, that's a, if you, it's going to be more expensive. If you put those protocols in, there's probably a little bit more weight in it. Oh, yeah, but you still you still got all these countries that have water closures and stuff like that, and then you then you just letting let me, it let money talks. It's, it it's a very good question, but I don't think we're going to come up with an answer for you. Jim. No, no, um, um, I don't think so. I mean, uh, TV, TV money as well. Yeah, what were you Inter- like international sport, international football. I think they're they're overdoing it with friendlies. Personally, I don't think they're this very unnecessary because they're already, um, you know, with football, they're already like having tight schedules with Champions League and yeah. league and cup games, and then you add international friendlies to that. That mean nothing. Yeah, so they're qualify, yeah. World Cup qualifiers, Euro yeah. qualifiers, probably yeah. fair enough. Yeah, that's fine. But international friendlies, I think they've gone a bit overboard playing, you know. So you're saying if, if the so. game doesn't have meaning and merit, then don't do it. Yeah, well, not with COVID-19 yeah. around. That's nah, just yeah. my opinion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see. We're going to see it. We've got the Australian Open um, well, that's right. soon. And that's not just... That's not just sort of one team coming over. That's, no, that's a lot, a lot of different people. A whole lot of, whole lot of, different lot of Russian women. Yes. Anyway, um... There you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, feels like just with us. He's waiting. He's waiting for you, Jimmy. All right. We'll move on to the next question. We've only got the two questions this uh, episode. Our good friend Michael Briffer on Twitter has sent this question: 
What would you guys think about a trade that sent Stephen Adams to Boston? What would I think about it to Boston? Yeah. What are they giving up? Oh, well, it's, it's a hypothetical, but um, <clears throat> just he, how would it work out? Forget about, um, or think about who they might potentially have to give up, but how would, that, how would Adams fit in? Uh, honestly, in today's game, Adams is only really good for about 15 minutes ago. That's about it. I think, I, on the upset end, I think Adams is actually probably what they need. Um, a really big body because... Um, um, Daniel Tyson, um, Ernest Cannon, don't, I don't have the big frames. And that yeah, just, thinking where the, just thinking where the game's headed. Yeah. yeah. Adam's, Adam's types are going to be less and less, less, and less needed. Now, I, I still think the next couple of years has a role for him to play, and Boston is probably a team that would need his services more than anyone else. We we'll say that, but it's kind of going the other way because the types, the likes of uh, AD and LeBron winning the title this year, that yeah, might, that's right. That might end up. Well, teams have to contend with AD and LeBron now. So yeah. you, might, you might say teams loading up to try and deal with him. That's the way the NBA works. You're not trying to build the best team that you can. You're trying to build the best team that will beat LeBron and AD. Yeah. Yeah, just like uh, they were building the best team to beat the Warriors. Exactly. That, that's always been the case. And it goes yeah. back, let's build a team to beat the Bulls and let's build a team to beat the Lakers and Spurs. And that's, that's the way the NBA psyche works. Yeah. So, but yeah. Some, sometimes the game mentality would work better. And get a rapper to shoot him. <laughs> Adam because is, sometimes you just can't beat someone. Adam, Adams would have been Adams would have been a very highly sought after player in probably the early to mid two thousands. Yeah, potentially. Mm. All right, so that's that segment done. Um, we're on to our other regular segment of um, a few uh, winging it, which is when we come up with some absolutely dead set ridiculous predictions. And see if they come up. So we might start with Woody banging on about what's still floating on our previous ones. Well, we can put a line through Jeremy saying that um, the Blues will sweep the Origin series. Yeah, that worked out. <laughs> <laughs> we could probably safely say he got that one wrong. I think uh, Freddie's actually going to have his solicitor speak to you about that one, Jeremy. Yeah. She'll be speaking to Jared Sutton. Anyway. Um, so, and then, so if we go back to there, so... Um, you said last week, last time, Jez, that the Cards <coughs> would win the NFC West, which I think is still very much on the cards. I think they're on top of no it. Yeah. They're, on, they're on top of the well, NFC West. They're three teams tied at six and three. Yeah. Um, uh, I think they have, well, at the moment, until, until, and tomorrow, until, and, until tomorrow. So we'll see who, has, who gets the tiebreaker. Really. Well, that's right, which could be quite decisive. Even this yeah. that could be very decisive in the division. Um, I said the Jets would defeat the Pats and... They were very close to doing so. Well, the Jets led the whole game from whenever there was time Start on the finish. clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the Pats put through a field goal to win 30-27 as time expired. Um, and that's pretty much all we got for that. So what are our new predictions? Oh, I'm still waiting. Look, when am I still alive? Oh, no, that, we'll keep that running. Dan, right. Dan Andrews thing and... Uh, Dan Andrews getting egg. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't rule it out. Um, yeah, I got, I got to, I slot the controversial one. Yeah. Um, you say Paul Gallon's going to beat Hunt on a points decision. Oh. Yeah, well, that's what that's the theme of the subject. Yeah, we need, we'll to, we need to be out there, don't we? Um, um, there won't be any knockout. It'll be a points decision, and they'll probably give it to Gallon. There you go. They didn't give it to him against Paul. What bunch you say they're going to give it to him? Um, probably because they, they think it's his turn and. 
Boxing's a bit... Boxing uh, can do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't particularly trust the boxing. You yeah, just give me a brainwave for mine. Light bulb moment. That's good. I'm going to take the same fight and I'm predicting in the first round, are we doing three minute rounds for that fight? Is it a proper round? I believe so. I'm predicting inside the first two rounds, we will see a traditional Mark Hunt walk off. Walk off. And I think the next news heading the next day will be Gallon still in coma. So, exact polar opposite to both. Do you got anything there, Phil? I will go Southampton to um, finish in the top four, but also Denny Ings to win the Golden Boot. Oh, that's a that's a fair shout. Oh, oh, so we're just gonna make jokes oh, now. That's fine. I like that. No, I like I like that one. I like that one. That's a good one. Good, good old Denny Ings. Just, you got Danny one Ings. I love Denny. Ings. Used to be called uh, used to be called Dean Ings before the sex judge. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got one, um, Josh? Um, yeah, I'm going to give this pot a bit of an A League prediction. So okay. A-League, um, Australian football. So. <laughs> MacArthur Bulls to finish top four in their inaugural season with the players they've recruited. I got a really good feeling about this team. I'll get them a limb. I reckon they could finish top. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's my prediction. Um, I'm going to go just draw back to what I said earlier and say Mana Slavishang will um, lead all comers as far as runs go in their test series against India. Cool. Like it. All right, so we're on to our um, last segment of the night, of the episode. It's it's only money. So what we will do for this one is I will read out, uh, or you can read out your own as I pass them on. We'll do our segments, but we might have our, sorry, legs. What we might do is get our guests to do a leg and people can make the choice of doing the three legs or the five legs. Or a mix of whichever way you want to do it. That's right. So we'll start with Woody. Um, So I've got the LA Rams to beat Tampa Bay. I think it's it's Monday. Um, They're at $2.74. I've got uh, the Tottenham and Manchester City to share the points. And it's paying three dollars ninety. Cool. I've I've picked Celtic to beat Hibs, and it's paying a dollar fifty. It will anchor your um, multi because Celtic are not going to lose. Phil, have you got something for us? Yes, I've got a uh, double chance in the Leeds Arsenal match on Monday for Leeds to win or for them to draw with Arsenal at a dollar sixty-two. That's not bad money. Mm. So is that? So Leeds is that's, that's the win draw. draw. Yeah. The win uh, draw. Yeah. yeah. So if so Leeds, Leeds draw, win, win or draw win at a dollar sixty-two. Awesome. Yeah, I like that one because I can't see Arsenal winning outright there. Two thirds of the chance. Hmm. Um, all right, you got one for us, Josh. Uh, look, look, I'm not, I'm not a betting man, so I'm not, I'm not sure about the, the prices there of the leagues. But um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say. West Brom to beat Man United. And I'm not sure what price that's going on Sportsford at the moment. Oh, don't you. We will get onto that. We will, uh, I, I said my first F-U-C-K. And I'm about ready to say my second one. <laughs> <laughs> West Brom paying $9.50. Oh, jump oh on boy. It. I, 
I'm going to, I'm going to chuck a tenner on that one. Yeah. And, and can yeah. I also suggest on that one, if you are silly enough to put your money $9 for West Brom to win it, you might as well put another tenner on Ollie to lose his job after that game, if that's the case. <laughs> one of my predictions will come true. Yeah. Yes. West Brom, <laughs> uh, they still got a point in the Premier League. Uh, no, no, they do. Well, people, we've come to that lovely time when you can go, oh, thank Christ, these boys have finished yapping. It's uh, time to say goodbye. First of all, thanks, thank Josh, who also is our editor, and he'll be cutting it madly, trying to get the episode ready, um, probably not long after we uh, finish here. Thanks, Josh. No worries. And to Phil, who also, for people that are into AFL, is from the Three Blokes No Clue podcast, mm. which is also Jeremy, but we don't often say that. But thanks for joining us, Phil. Thank you for having me, mate. And Jeremy, thank you for being your regular self and yawning halfway through the uh, podcast. <laughs> thanks, guys. Well, it is, it is late at night. I have three yeah. children. I have to get up early to work. Yeah, true. And Woody, thank you again. No, it was your pleasure. Well, yes. Well, that's the way it is. Yeah. Anyway, so it's basically that huru time. Also, I just want to give a bit of an acknowledgement to Zaggy2, which provides some music for our podcast. Other than that, we will probably... Thanks to Josh Watson as well, too. I think I thanked Josh at the start. Oh, you did? Yes. <laughs> just reinforcing. Oh, yeah. yeah. There you go, Josh. We do love you. Anyway. I just want to solve a mystery here. So everyone's been wondering who the hell is Zaggy2, so I'll tell you. It's just... It's Axel Rose, isn't it? It's Axel Rose. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just a person they've nicknamed themselves Zaggy Two on a music, you know, on a music, uh, yep. you know, website, yep. and yeah, they've given me the permission to use their music. So ah, awesome. yeah, that that that's a that's a big that's a big uh, mystery. They're like, yeah, go ahead, it's all yours. <laughs> so, awesome. Well, so, thank yeah. you, Zaggy Two, for giving us legal rights to your music. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, very good. But uh, make royalties off that too. Yeah. Anyway, I think we've banged on enough at the um, outro. Uh, we'll leave you be and stay tuned for maybe some lines for the NFL. No, I'm happy with that. Yeah. yeah, we're happy with that. Yeah. All right. So just quickly. Yeah. Yeah. If you want, at the end of this, stay tuned for the NFL lines. Guru. We're doing our regular line segment where the two gurus will actually give us their guess. We play the uh, new prices right rules. First game is the Arizona Cardinals versus Seattle Seahawks. Mm, Cardinals. By all rights, they should be favourites. They won't be. game, but I don't think they will. And I'm going to give Seattle three and a half. I was only going to give them two and a half. Woody wins. It's actually three, or minus three, anyway. Yeah. One to Woody. All right, next game we have the Atlanta Falcons versus the New Orleans Saints. The Saints are red hot at the moment, aren't they? Um, I'm going to go seven and a half. Yeah, I was thinking I'll go nine and a half. I was going to go eight, but I'll go nine and a half. Go again. We're both over, right? Okay, uh, six. Uh, four and a half. Six gets it with seven. 
You've got to be under the price, Phil. What's a great show? Yeah, I love price show. Yep. The Bengals versus the artist formerly known as the Redskins. Redskins. Yeah, yeah, no. Redskins won the half. They've been frisky yeah, the Bengals. They've been okay at times. Um, the Redskins, so I'll give them. I'll give them two and a half. Two points to Jeremy. Got his bang on it. Um, Lions and the Panthers. What do you? Got the tight one. Um, I think I'm going to go the Lions. Just one and a half. It should be a very uninteresting game. I think the Panthers should be favoured in this game. Yeah. Even though their record. Um, so the Panthers, Panthers two and a. You're both over, but because it's ridiculous, it goes to Woody because it's one, and you can't say so Woody gets one. One. To who? one to Woody because he said Lions one and a half. One. one, you can't yeah. do the prices yeah. right for him that one. Who's minus? Lions. Okay. Uh, we've got the Patriots. And the Texans. Um, you can't, you can't pick the Texans. Um, that's the issue. Um, yeah, Patriots. They had a win last week. I'll take them three and a half. Yeah, I'm gonna take a four and a half. You're all over. Got two and a half cuts. Yeah, three. All right, give the audience one. I'm not gonna. I'd rise around be here all night. Eagles, the Browns. Really? The Browns and the Eagles? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually Eagles and Browns, is the way it's written. Yeah, oh, yes. So, <clears throat> uh, I'm going to go to Browns. Uh, Browns against the NFC leaders. NFC East leaders. That's right. Uh, Browns won the half. I'm going to... Say, don't bother watching this game. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a But I'll take... What did you take? The Browns up? Yeah, I'll just take them at a straight two. Two points. Ooh, two. Mm-hmm. All right, we've got the Steelers and the Jaguars. Steelers big. Um, it's not too big. I'm going... I think we go Steelers at nine and a half. I think we still go double figures. I think we go ten and a half. Jeremy was actually 10. Oh, really? Wow. You were both 0.5 <laughs> on this side of it. <laughs> uh, we've got the Titans and the Ravens. Both teams need to win this, don't they? Um, it's going to be the Ravens. Uh, I think it's about 5 and a half. I think the Ravens will be favourite, but I reckon I'm only going to take them at 3. 6.5. Jeremy oh, gets it. Alright. We've got the Packers and the Colts. Packers and the Colts. It's going to be a tight one. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to say Packers one. Yeah, oh no, I'll give the Packers two and a half. Bang, two points. The Jets and the Chargers. The Chargers, the Chargers. don't quite go double figures, I don't think. No, no, the Chargers are good. Yeah, but... The Jets are the Jets. Yeah, but so <laughs> Chargers seven and a half. Yeah, I'll probably only take him at... Honestly, no, I'll take him at nine. 
It's eight, so it goes to Jez. Oh. You should have gone the other. Oh, I was close to anyway. Yeah, that's right. Um, Dolphins, Broncos. Dolphins, Broncos. Uh, Broncos are not good. Dolphins are going great. Uh, say, Dolphins, Dolphins at six and a half. Yeah, I'm not going to go that much. I'll take them up four and a half. Go again, boys. Dolphins at three. I'll just go half a point under. Dolphins two and a half. Two points to Jez. Oh, my Cowboys. Oh, no. Versus the Vikings. Well, There's a lot of games worth, oh, not worth watching this game, yeah, isn't yeah. uh, I'm going to go a bit low here. You've got to take the Vikings. Though. Vikings, obviously. But the Vikings, four and a half. I'm only going to go give them two and a half. It's eight. No way. It's Cowboys versus Minnesota Vikings, minus eight. Wow. So it goes to Jazz. Andy, that would be Minus eight. You'd be taking the Cowboys at that line. Yeah, you would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I suppose, it, uh, I suppose they're going, going on the, the Vikings' form at the moment. They started 1-5 and, and they're 4-5. and five. Oh, You've got the Kansas City Dunstalls versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, Kansas City, 4.5. No, I'm giving them 7. You missed by 0.5. It goes to Jazz at 6.5. <laughs> That sucks. <laughs> I reckon it's and that's happening. Tell you that. That's happening to me three times. <laughs> All right. And here's the game that um, actually Woody chose for our uh, punt. That's the uh, Monday Night Football game. Rams and the Buccaneers. Well, I gave you a clue at least which way to go, Jess, saying that the Rams are $2.74. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to say the Bucks three and a half. Yeah, I'm only going to give them two and a half. Woody gets it was three. That was the last game, wasn't it? This is right rules. Uh, they really are. Yeah. Who's segment is seven, this? Seven, eight. <laughs> uh, five, I think this six, might be my eight. first win. I've got a feeling this is my first win. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's not? No. Ten, eight. Oh. The, the two pointers, you better stop it. Yeah. Two pointers, yeah. Losing by two is a win for me. That's a win for me. 